Welcome back to MVC Weekly. After a long break, we are back and we are switching gears now from basketball onto MVC baseball. Uh, with me today, I have Ken Canoon. Hello, everybody. And Jake Burish. What's going on? Like I said, today we're going to be talking some baseball. Uh, starting off with Illinois State, a team who, despite their record, I think is playing some really good baseball. Uh, they've got a couple big wins this season. They beat the number two ranked Arkansas at the time. They upset the only undefeated team left in Division One baseball. And uh, while they have lost um, their last four games, Ryan Saramac has been, an, been on an absolute tear for this team. Uh, the last week he had, I believe it was 11 hits, five of which were home runs. He had a school record 14 RBIs over the week, and he batted like 523, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And his draft stock is rising quickly. Yeah, just touching on Cermak, it's been incredible what he's done so far this season coming into it. Um, riding the baseball preview for Illinois State, he was someone that I looked at and was like, let's see what he does this year because he had a great uh, season last year. Um, was awarded properly for it, but this year he's taken it to at least a whole different level. Like like you said, his draft stock is rising. There's been more chatter about him, um, but he's just been incredible, and it's been a, it's been a joy to watch, honestly. He's... he's been the light for this Redbirds team so far. Yeah, speaking on about the home runs, he has 13 on the year, uh, which uh, is second uh, in the MVC and leads the team. Uh, he has the best slugging percentage uh, in the MVC and the best on-base percentage in the MVC, but another guy that's been just fantastic for ISU is Jake McCall. Uh, he's got seven home runs on the year, uh, 30 RBIs, which leads the team, and he also has 40 hits, which leads the team. So those two are just they they are really carrying the load for ISU's offense. Yeah, I didn't even see Jake McCaw there. Uh, he definitely is having a great season, but you were talking about the slugging percentage, and you combine that with the on-base percentage, he has an OPS of 1370. That is just, that's unheard of. That's ridiculous. And it's not like they've only played a few games. They've, he's played 24 games this year, so, I, and he's batting 390. He's ridiculous. But like you said, I mean, defensively, the team looks really good. I think the pitching's a little inconsistent at times, which is definitely something that might hold this team back. I think the pitching and offense as a whole can be a little inconsistent. I mean, against Illinois, I believe they had six runs in the first inning, only scored three the rest of the game, and ended up losing. So, I mean, they're going to be an interesting team to look at. Like I said, they got to find some consistency on the pitching and on the offense. Um, next team we're going to talk about today is going to be Dallas Baptist. Uh, they are currently, I believe they're still ranked, but uh, they've been ranked most of the season, and they're just they're a heck of a baseball team. They've always been pretty good. I think uh, going into the season, they're most teams' uh, favorite to probably win the conference here. Uh, Luke Kiefner, uh, he leads the team in batting average there. He's got 34 hits on the season, five home runs, five doubles, a triple. I think, I think it's a really balanced team. they got five guys over batting over 300 this year. Yeah, um... Good starting conference, three and one uh, overall, twenty two and eleven. Uh, coming off a loss recently, but they're just like you look at the statistics there. They have someone over there up there in almost every statistic, which I mean, it's just pretty dominant so far. They're one of the best teams in the MVC. I'm going to talk about their pitching. They've got the best earned average, <clears throat> earned run average in the MVC. Uh, their best pitcher uh, has been Jacob Medor, I think. Medor. Uh, he's got a 3.04 ERA. He's six and one in nine starts. He's got 62 strikeouts. And then one relief pitcher uh, that I saw. He's uh, he's got a one point. Or his name's Zane Russell. He's got a 1.88 ERA and 14 innings pitched, 20 strikeouts. So yeah, their pitching's been 
just as good as their offense. Like, yeah, they're off. Like you mentioned, Scotty, five players batting over three hundred. You've got Andrew Benefield, who's not even batting uh, over three hundred. He's batting two seventy one, but he leads the t- uh, team in RBIs with twenty seven. He's got six home runs. So yeah, this it's a buzzsaw. It's a, just one quick thing: fifty one home runs leads the MVC. Crazy. And it's not like anybody's really. Out of this world. I mean, they have a guy with seven. They have two guys with seven, though three guys with six, two guys with five, a guy with four, and then a guy with one. Like, that is such a balanced team, but it's really scary. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the series on finals weekend over here at ISU. Dallas Baptist comes to ISU for a three-game series April 29th, 30th, and May 1st. So that should hopefully be a pretty good series here at Duffy Bass Field. So the next thing I want to talk about is a team that actually got swept by Dallas Baptist but competed pretty well. Uh, it's going to be Missouri State. Missouri State uh, on the season sitting at 514-14, and 14, but like I said, they're 0-3 in conference play. But I think they have a lot of potential as a team. I mean, when you compete as well as they did with uh, Dallas Baptist, I mean, Dallas Baptist is a good team. I mean, you know you're going to have a lot of potential. Uh, they have Mason Greer. Uh, he's slugging 591 for them this year. Drake Baldwin slugging 596. Mason Hole 632. Those are some really good numbers, and I think I think Missouri State's definitely gonna be a team to look out for as conference play continues to move on. Yeah, uh, they have a pretty good offense. Um, first in slugging percentage, second in on base percentage, second in run scored. I mean, just overall, they're they're also a good team, and yeah, we've. They're come. They're four. They're five hundred, like you said, and zero and three in conference. But you know, they 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 might be able to do something. Like, don't sleep on them just because they've had a bit of a slow start, zero and three. Um, they they might be able to do some later this season. Yeah, their offense also uh, has five players batting over three hundred. But again, one of their players who's been really helpful hasn't batted over three hundred is Dakota Katowski. He's got fourteen home runs, uh, which leads the MVC uh, in total home runs. He's got thirty two RBIs, which uh, leads the team. But, again, another pitching staff that has two promising starters. They have uh, Trey Ziegenbean, who's got a 3.06 ERA, which is fourth in the MVC. Uh, he's 4-4 four and four in those starts, 32 strikeouts. They also have Adam Link, who has a 3.77 ERA, which is seventh in the MVC. Uh, he's 3-3 three and three in his starts and also has 32 strikeouts. So, yeah, they're, they're on a four-game skid right now. Uh, rough start to conference play, but you think it'd probably even out. Yeah, definitely. And then one of the things I was looking at, I was looking at Dallas Baptist and Missouri State, and they're pretty balanced when it comes to the RBIs. They both had like four or five guys in the 20-plus mark. That's not the case with Illinois State. I mean, like you said, Jake McCaw has 30 RBIs, and you have Saramac with 28, and then 18 for Nick Guile, and then three more guys in double digits. Nobody else is in double digits. So like I said, they're a little bit inconsistent on the offensive end, and I think that's going to be something to look out for as the season goes on because – like I said, their pitching at times is really good. I mean, we've seen that, but sometimes it's a little inconsistent, so they're going to need the offense to continue to pick it up. Away from Illinois State and back to Indiana State now, the last thing we wanted to talk about today, Indiana State is a team that definitely also has a lot of potential. I, they had a series against um, Illinois State a few weeks ago, and I think they're going to be an interesting team to look out for. They're 5-1 and one in conference right now. I believe that, like you said, that's first in the conference and 19-9 and nine overall. So they have a lot of potential. Um, they have a lot of – I think they're another team that's really balanced. They don't have as many guys with as many RBIs, but the RBIs are more even between the team. 26 for Sean Ross. You have 21 for Randall Diaz. And then you got five more guys in the teens there. So I think, once again, it's another balanced team. 
So that's definitely going to be something to look out for, as the, like I said, as the conference season goes on. Yeah, they're just coming off a close 5-6 loss to in-state rivals Indiana. But before that, they were on a nice little five-game win streak. Uh, they swept the Valparaiso series, one at Purdue, one one against Illinois State. Um, lost the second game, but the one before that, they'd also won. But no, they're a, they're a very solid team. Um, just looking at their schedule so far, they've been pretty consistent uh, in the month of April, so... Just something to watch, and uh, yeah, they're among the top of the conference for a reason. I think one of the biggest things that shocked me just when looking at the stats is that they're sec- they have the second least home runs in the NBC and they're fifth in runs. Like their offense has been, it, it's been good, but it hasn't been as maybe as great as you think in terms of just hitting the long ball. But one thing that just absolutely stuck out to me was Matt Jasic. 1.7 ERA in a seven and one in those games. That ERA leads the NBC. He's got 44 strikeouts, and he, he's pitched two shutouts. He's been absolutely amazing for them. They have the second-best ERA in the VC as, uh, uh, as a staff. Their pitching has been really good, and it's going to be interesting to see if those home runs ever come along. Yeah, just one quick thing. Just looking at their win-loss uh, column, from what I see off the losses, a lot of their losses are really close games, like well, maybe – two losses are what you consider not close really like by a loss of three or more but yeah just a lot of their losses are really close so it's it's interesting to see and you said that their some of their stats really aren't that good but here they are they're still among the elite of the MVC you yeah we're talking about not hitting home runs but you can look at their on base percentages and they don't have a guy that I'm seeing here below 350. It looks like they do have a guy at 330, but outside of that, everyone's just getting on base. Like I said, Sean Ross, 477 on base percentage. Uh, Tyler Nelson, 421. Um, Jordan Schaefer, 435. So these guys are getting on base. So if you can get these guys on base and then continue to hit from there, I mean. They're just doing it a different way. They find runs the way they need to find runs. So I think, like I said, I think that's another team that you definitely need to look out for as this uh, conference season goes on because I think they might surprise some people. I mean, sitting at 5-1 and one already, first place in the conference, and who knows? I mean, anything could happen here. So we've got some time. Uh, what do you, who do you guys think is going to win the conference? I know it's early, early in conference play, but, I mean, I think we, Dallas Baptist has to be my pick just because – they're the most consistent team. It seems like they score runs, and you mentioned their pitching, Jacob. I mean, they have a lot of potential on both sides of the ball. So I think, I think that's who I have to go with. Yeah, I'd probably agree and say Dallas Baptist. Um, this just really good overall, really really good squad depth, squad depth, and just a, yeah, they're just a really darn good team. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna join the bandwagon. I'm yeah, I'm right there. I'm, I'm gonna choose Dallas Baptist. Baptist just for that same reason. Like their offense has been great. They have the best ERA, like we mentioned. Like I think I don't know if there's really much of a reason not to pick them. They've got what four wins against ranked opponents. Like it's definitely the best pick right now. And then before we close off, I do want to kind of switch gears. We were a basketball podcast for most of the. Uh, uh, first few months that we were doing this, so I do want to talk a little bit about ISU basketball, who has lost just about everyone imaginable. Uh, Antonio Reeves entered, Josiah Strong entered, Howard Fleming Jr. entered, Cy Chapman entered. Uh, the names keep going. I believe when I looked, currently on their roster, they have four guys left who 
played what I would call at least role player minutes throughout the entire season. And Ryan Payton definitely has his work cut out for him coming up in the season. But it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, he's known to be a recruiter, so who says he can't do it again? Yeah, the good thing is we were questioning where how this team was going to look next year. And I, I there's going to be little excuses for Payton in the upcoming years since he's going to pretty much start from a clean slate. Literally, like, all the big Moeller players are gone going or gone like i heard antonio reeves was visiting kentucky he was so visiting kentucky yeah he's not our best player isn't coming back um has mark freeman no not yet but or we'll see what now? happens there. yeah we're, we're not sure i think cause I, I don't think he's looked around yet but there's just something to watch but peden's gonna have a clean slate um he's gonna get the oldest team in his identity the way he wants to and it's gonna be interesting to see what he does who he brings in and how he decides to set this team up coming into next year well, so far he's brought in one player in uh, colton sandage from uh, western illinois uh i'm also i'm looking at the commit page it looks like nick martinelli re- received an offer uh both of those guys are two-star recruits but yeah it, it this team is going to look wildly different. We're not going to be able to recognize. Prob- I'm sure there'll probably be a few guys that stick around that we'll know. But yeah, for the most part, it's going to be the roster turnover is going to be uh, intense to say the least. And one thing that I was looking at looking at the roster. First of all, they have nine guys on their roster currently, um, and like I said, four of them got minutes last year. But the big thing going through their roster, you have a senior, a redshirt freshman. Redshirt junior, junior, senior, redshirt junior, senior, redshirt junior, senior. They are, they have a lot of uh, time under the belt, but I don't know that I would say it's a lot of experience. I don't know that that's how I would word that. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how they work with that or how Peyton works with that because obviously he's going to be bringing in a lot of these young guys with uh, recruits and with transfers, but it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see because, like I said, this team has a lot of time under the belt, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call it experience because a lot of these guys haven't. Doesn't, don't have that experience. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that on you there. But like I said, Peden's getting his, he's going to get to mold this team the way he wants. And he's already been a bit busy. We saw uh, Colton Sandage, had to had to check the name again quickly. Um, and he's bringing in other players. I saw he's uh, Darius Buford, uh, former Brolin book star, is going to be a, uh, in IS, Illinois State this weekend. Um, but no, he's he's already busy. He's getting busy and he's it's gonna be on him this this next these next two seasons to start building up the program and molding the team the way he wants to, in, imprinting his ideals on the team. That's what I think is an interesting point that you brought up is like a lot of these players are older, so let's say you bring in new guys that maybe fits Pete and system more and he'll want to play those guys because he's going to want to run his system. So those older players maybe now are thinking, well, if I'm not going to get any time, like, am I going to have to look somewhere else? I, I think that's what a lot of these guys are going to have to face. Like, am I even going to get looked at? If, am I going to get playing time? So I think that's going to be the most interesting aspect maybe in the next month or two of how many more players leave or, or enter the transfer portal because then – it's just the the problem. Well, I won't say problem, but then the job for Pete is going to just get even bigger. Eight Redbird players currently in the transfer portal. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't think I don't think Kendall Lewis will go anywhere. 
He's got one more year, and at this point, with everyone that's left, he's the heart and soul of this team. I mean, if he leaves, you have Freeman, you have Liam McChesney, who I thought he really impressed me this past year when he came off the bench and started playing in place of uh, Cy Chapman, but Ryan Schmidt, senior, didn't get a whole lot of minutes. He was really a situational kind of player. I mean, this team's going to look, like you said, Jacob, this team's going to look a lot different next year, and It'll be interesting to see what Peyton does with the roster and everything like that. So, you guys got anything else? Nope, no, that's pretty much it. That's all I had. All right, so thank you for taking a listen. Um, make sure to follow along on our Twitter accounts at the underscore Vidette and at Vidette underscore sports. And uh, we'll see you next week.